Hello and welcome back. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I am Pastor Nate Johnstone, and with me is Pastor Paul Anderson. Hi, Paul. Hello again. And we are continuing our discussion of the cross, and specifically the healing power of the cross. And last week we talked about the power of the cross to heal sin. Not just the penalty of sin that we all incurred from all the many sins we commit in our lives, coming under the cross of Jesus Christ, yielding ourselves, submitting ourselves to Jesus. The penalty for that sin was paid on the cross by Jesus Christ. But also, we are healed from the power of sin over us through that same work that Jesus did on the cross. So not only are we set free from that debt, that weight, that um, negative eternity that we were facing prior to Jesus, um, but through the cross, the power, the bondage of sin has been broken in our lives. And I didn't use this illustration last time, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it now. And that's that the problem is sometimes people don't understand the fact that the bondage is broken. Their chains are gone. Mm-hmm. We were all in chains. We were all in bondage to sin. We're not anymore. The chains are gone. But if you don't know the chains are gone, you're still going to live as though you're chained down. Because mm-hmm. no one's ever told you those chains aren't real or they're broken or they're they're not connected to anything. Um and the, the illustration that I'm sure a lot of you have heard is that of a, an elephant, like a baby elephant in the circus. When they're babies, they're obviously still enormous animals, but they're much smaller than the adults. They chain one of their ankles to a big, heavy chain and a pole in the ground, uh, strong enough that they can't break it. And so as babies, they learn, they, they tug on that and it doesn't work. They tug on that and nothing happens, nothing happens. Eventually they give up. And as they grow up to be adult elephants, Uh, the trainers swap out a chain for a rope. A rope that the elephant could easily break. But the elephant never escapes because it feels that rope on its leg and it has learned, I cannot escape on my own. And Mm -hmm. so it just assumes it's stuck there forever and it couldn't possibly ever get away. And you know what they call that in psychology? Learned helplessness. And it is pervasive in culture, of course. But it's also pervasive in the church among Christians. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. believe that we are in bondage to sin. We believe that we are terrible, we're horrible, and our shame keeps us from approaching God. And it's so sad because that is exactly what the cross was for. Jesus died so that we didn't have to do that anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that we didn't have to be in that place. And he broke those chains already. And we we need to look down at our feet and realize that the chains are gone. We can leave that prison anytime we want. Yes. And if you're wondering where we find this, one good place to look is in Romans 6. Mm -hmm. The whole chapter talks about the power of God to release us from the power of sin. Sin shall not be your master, for you are not under law, but under grace. And so he... He declares that we are free from the power of sin, not just the penalty. I think it's one of the most freeing passages in the Bible to read Romans, especially if you read Romans chapters 6, 7, and 8, all in one mm-hmm. chunk. Mm-hmm. It takes maybe 30 minutes at the most. Just read Romans 6, 7, and 8, nice and slow. And 
if you don't walk away from that feeling better, <laughs> read it again. <laughs> read it again. Um, because it's, it's a lot of what we're talking about right now. The, mm-hmm. the, the work of the cross is past tense. It's done. So we're already free. We're already healed. We just have to walk out the truth. God's already won the war. We just have to mop up. Hey, we could do this one again. (laughs) We could. Let's just keep going. Um, But I think the natural next step of this then is after after we realize the cross heals us from sin, both the penalty of sin and the power of sin over us, the cross also brings healing for sorrow. This is a big one, and this too is not well understood. But let me just share... uh, some thoughts about this, and then we'll get into it further. We have sinned, but we've also been sinned against. The devastating work of sin has brought untold sorrow. A man abandons his family, leaving a wife and children to cope. Another hopes for a promotion and is terminated unjustly after 30 years of service brokenness. Jesus heals broken hearts. His hometown sermon was taken from Isaiah 61. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and he did that through the cross. Isaiah Mm -hmm. said this, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He can give a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. People who have walked with deep grief may say, impossible. But that power comes from the cross. And the scripture that I've heard declared often these days with regard to broken people is that, I think it's from Psalm 34, he is near, near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Mm. That's good. And... It really, it really does follow from what we were just talking about. Absolutely. The results of sin. Not just right. sin, but all the so results. We're, we're, we're healed from the penalty of sin. We're healed from the power of sin over us. But we're also healed from the results of sin happening around us. It could be some of our own doing. But it, it could be from any of the other agents around us with their own free wills who often choose to use that free will in a way that affects us negatively. They sin, and that brings pain, sorrow, maybe shame. I know a lot of people who feel shame about something that was done to them. They, they didn't do it, and, and they didn't have any choice in it. They were abused, let's say, as an example. It's a common example. And people feel inc- incredible shame as if it were somehow their fault. Um, and that's another lie of the enemy. And so I think we, we talked about learned hopelessness a moment ago. And I, I've seen that in these kind of cases as well. Mm-hmm. People who have been wronged, they've been hurt. Um, or it could be the, just the more common sorrow of life. You lose a loved one, there's sorrow there. You, 
um, experience a great disappointment. You mentioned, you know, getting fired after 30 years or not getting that promotion or losing your house because you just couldn't pay the mortgage anymore. There, Life has a lot of great disappointments mm-hmm. and because life is suffering and that's just a part of life. But the cross can bring healing from those kind of sorrows that we experience. I saw it close up with someone that I knew fairly well and he was sharing with me uh, some of the struggles that he had in forgiving his father he had forgiven his father before Mm -hmm. but new memories popped up and the shame of a father who would swear at him and tell him to get out and move his bleepity beep bleep and mow the lawn and he had that so often that he just tried to hide from his father it was it was shameful and it brought anger and then as he went on to share he saw that that was repeating itself with people who weren't using those same words but were betraying him were were creating tremendous pain in his life through through uh well i won't share specifically sure. what it's through and and so uh as we prayed he found those being lifted hmm. by jesus who lifted them up on the cross surely he has borne our griefs he bore those the griefs that my friend had walked through and he experienced that being lifted from him and he found it easier to forgive them and to walk away from that which had caused him to lose some sleep and uh, of course peace yeah well it can be it can be devastating i mean there's there's something in medicine called broken heart syndrome it's when you're you have so much emotional sorrow that it actually starts to break your heart, your actual physical body. Oh my, never heard of that. Um, yeah, I had a uh, relative, I won't say who, um, they lost their spouse after a long battle with, with um, a condition, medical condition, and um, they finally died. And after two months, my relative was in the hospital for a very long period of time, and their systems were shutting down. Oh my. Because they had so much sorrow and mm. pain. Mm. And they call it, in the, in the hospital, they call it broken heart syndrome. That's what gets written mm-hmm. down. Because um, that's how powerful emotion, how powerfully emotions affect our physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a future uh, podcast series, we're going to talk about stress and anxiety in particular and how negatively they affect your body and how God has given us a way out from experiencing stress and anxiety in our life. Um, but this is a similar thing to what we're talking about here. Jesus has given us a way to be healed from sorrow, regardless of where the source of the sorrow is from. And that way out is through the cross, through what he's already done. By his wounds, we are healed from our wounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought up um, a father wound, because I think that's so common. And from someone in your life, maybe an authority figure, um, treats you poorly or very poorly 
or emotionally abuses you, physically abuses you, abandons you, um, creates some sort of wound. It's someone soul. that you have every right to trust. Exactly. And and when they violate that trust, it creates confusion, and mm -hmm. you. You don't, you don't even know if you have words to explain it. It creates insecurity and an inability to understand your own identity. Mm -hmm. Because your own identity has been so messed up by this wound that you have. And when you're walking around with a wound, if someone else pokes that wound, they might not hit you as hard as the person who caused the wound hit you, but just the tiniest poke and, ooh, ouch. Yeah. You know, like I, I have a hurt back right now still. And um, my daughter ran up and hugged me from behind. Normally a wonderful, sweet thing for a little girl to do. But it hurt, you know. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, I didn't yell at her, thankfully. Um, Good going, I'm just Dad. Like, okay, move around to the front. Remember, Daddy's back is owie. Oh, sorry, Daddy. Um, but, you know, that she didn't hit me very hard, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but it still really hurt because I had a wound. Mm -hmm. And that story that you told about the guy, he had a wound, a father wound in this case. Mm -hmm. And other people in his life would just poke that just a tiny bit. And psychologists call this being triggered. Okay, you get triggered based on whatever the trauma was that happened to you in your life. And the trigger might be something very, very slight, very small, and in and of itself, perhaps totally insignificant. And the person doing it might not have meant any harm at all. But you get triggered. You, that wound gets poked. And all of a sudden, you're right back there. I've got a physical illustration of that. Yeah. I, I messed up my big toe when I was moving a piano. I was a pastor at Trinity Lutheran San Pedro, Pedro, <laughs> and I was moving the piano into the multipurpose room, and it started to fall. And I did a dumb thing. I tried to catch it. It landed on my big toe, crushed it, uh. and... Uh, so he he patched it up and uh, sent me home. At, he said, "This is the worst toe I've ever worked on," which wasn't comforting. To really? Me. Oh my goodness! Well, and I didn't have any pain because I had an elder that prayed for me and prayed that I wouldn't experience pain, and I didn't experience pain. Wow, that's incredible! Until three days later, and I was uh, walking in through the uh, living room, and I bumped into something that. Kids don't know even know what it is. It was a typewriter stand. Mm -hmm. You are you old enough to, uh, to know what a typewriter stand is? Only, only from old <laughs> film footage. Yeah, <laughs> it was a rickety thing that held our typewriters, and uh, I bumped it. Well, Karen had thought that because I messed up the toe so bad that the reason I didn't have any pain was that I severed the nerves. Mm. And when I bumped that with my toe, I yelled into the kitchen, Honey, I didn't sever the nerves! <laughs> that hurt. And I realized the way I was walking after that was the way that some people walk who have emotional hurt. Mm. I was very guarded. I was holding my hands out in front of me. Because if you were coming close to me, I was making sure that you didn't get close to my toe. I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. And so, sadly, some people who have been hurt and are still living with those hurts, those sorrows, they're, they're guarding themselves because they haven't been healed by Jesus. And so they're on the defensive. 
And it's there it's easier for you to hurt them. They get hurt more and more. I could have been hurt a lot if I was reckless with my toes. So I've had to guard myself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Either probably for yourself at some point in your life, but certainly with people that you see and people that you know. And it can be easy to blame folks sometimes and say, well, why don't you just knock it off? And, mm-hmm. You know, but it's, if some of these wounds go so deep, if they go down to the identity level, they don't just go away with wishful thinking. You can't positive self-talk your way out of this kind of thing. Yeah. You need supernatural healing power. Yes. You need the divine power of God to heal. Um, and, and I think there's something there, Paul. Maybe we'll talk about it. In a, in a coming week, but about the vulnerability piece. Mm-hmm. And I think of the vulnerability of the cross and how vulnerable Jesus was on the cross and how that relates to our own wounding. Uh, maybe we can talk about that in a couple of weeks, but um, the cross brings healing for sorrow. Yes. Could you just give me a minute or so on how we can do this? Because maybe our listeners are thinking... I believe you that this is what the Bible says. By his wounds, we are healed of our own and and praise God. But that might be true in some like heavenly far off realm, but it doesn't feel true at home right now. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm healed from this sorrow. Can you can you walk me through how you would help me to do this and then pray? Sure. For us. I will do it. Last week, we talked about healing from the penalty and the power. And it was difficult for some of us to believe that the cross could heal me from the power of sin. And we had to simply accept that. It was in the scriptures. And we had to say, okay, if that's true, I'm going to believe it. And when I did that, I found, in fact, it was true that now I had power over sin that I thought I wouldn't have until I crossed over to the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way with the sorrow. If we hear the word of God that says that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, then in fact he did that. He did that at the cross. And if I have walked through grief, and it's, it's appropriate, it's certainly appropriate. You lose a lot, lost one. We're not saying you never grieve. No. We're saying that you can get stuck in grief to a point beyond the season that you should enter in. There's a time to weep, the Bible says, yes. and a time to laugh. Jesus grieved when Lazarus, his friend, died. And we're told to, we're commanded to. We rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. So we're not saying to you, if you are grieving, get over it. We are saying that you can be healed from that so that some people who whose grief stays longer than it should, or they're sorrowing for decades over the loss of a friend or a betrayal or a divorce, that you can be healed from that. And the way you do it is through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, who carried that sorrow on the cross. I have a crucifix in my room. 
I look at it often. It reminds me of what Jesus did on the cross and how much he suffered for me. And he suffered not only for the wages of sin, but he suffered also to carry my sorrows. And so my faith triggers that action mm-hmm. in heaven. And he lifts from me the sorrow that needs to be lifted. And But you have to let that go. I, I, I participate. I always participate with him. When a, when a father who was distraught over his son, who was demonized, this father thrust him on Jesus and said, do something. And Jesus put it right back on him. And he says, no, if you do, all things are possible to him who believes. So there is always a part that we play. We're never passive. We have mm-hmm. a part to play. Our part is to put our trust in him, in this case, in the cross of Jesus. And as we put our trust in Jesus, who died for our sins and our sorrows, we find him lifting that, lifting that shame, lifting that sorrow, lifting that grief, and bringing me hope. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's... I'm, I'm always struck by the kindness of Jesus. Oh, absolutely. He didn't come as a defense attorney to get mm-hmm. us off from the sentence we deserve. It, the cross is so much more than that. Yes. He thought ahead and paid for our heartache, not yes. just our sin problem, mm-hmm. but to pay through his own suffering f- to help ease our suffering. Mm-hmm. That is... That is so beyond any other God I've ever heard of. Yes. That he would suffer. The, the idea that God can suffer is a whole other podcast. <laughs> mm. But the incarnation made that possible, which wouldn't have been possible before. But now, because of the incarnation, Jesus can, God can suffer. And he chooses willingly, thankfully, to do that so that our suffering can be eased. It's absolutely amazing to me. It's, it's almost impossible to believe, but it's really true. But we have to let go of that suffering. And when we do, he will be faithful and just to take that away. And so when people are praying, which we'll do in a moment, I often will tell people, I want you to open up your hands. Mm -hmm. Like you're letting something go. Just as sort of a visual, you know, the Bible often has us do physical things. Mm -hmm. Like to demonstrate humility, he tells us, get on your knees. To, to emphasize praise, he says, lift up your hands. In the Bible, oftentimes, we see it a lot in the Old Testament, but in the New as well, physical actions. And so I like to tell people, open up your hands like you're letting go. Yes. You're letting go, and God is going to reach down and, and pull it up. And it might not be an instantaneous thing. But if you keep doing that, and are persistent and prove your faith by continuing to give it up to God. Lord, you said that you would take my sorrow, and so I'm giving it to you. If you keep doing that, it will ease, and it will ease. And there might be periods where it eases a lot, mm-hmm. and I've seen that happen, and it's incredible. But if you keep doing it, it will ease, and it will ease, and it will ease, and eventually you'll be healed. With you all the way. Isaiah 61 is a passage that Jesus quoted to show his messianic work and listen to it. 
listen to the focus of it. The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. He's dealing with the, the, the internal... Most of that is emotional. That's right. And when most of us, especially those of us who grew up with any sort of evangelical bent, we are taught that the cross was about paying the penalty for sin. Mm-hmm. That's what the cross was for. And it mm-hmm. was. But look at that passage. This is Jesus self-describing why he came. Most of that is for emotional healing. Yes. Yes. It does talk about setting the captives free, and we talked about that last week. But most of that is for emotional healing. This is it, this is not a small matter. It is not a to, small matter. To Jesus. And this is one of the things that some of us do a lot of in what we call prayer ministry. Mm-hmm. We pray for people who are broken by father wounds, by mother wounds, someone significant in their life that they had a right to trust, and that trust was violated. It created a wound, and we have a stupid saying. We say, time heals all wounds. <laughs> it does not heal wounds. No. It, it makes them worse often. Yep. And so what we do, as you know, Nate, is we pray for people for healing, for those things deep in their heart that are causing shame, anxiety, lack of sleep, all kinds of problems, even physical problems. So I'd like to, I'd like to uh, pray. Please, please. Now, for those who have uh, sickness in the heart, who have sorrow, who have loneliness, who who don't sleep at night, who are struggling, there are issues that are keeping you awake, or issues that are keeping you depressed. We go to the cross of Jesus, and we're praying for you now. Father in heaven, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who, who went to the cross on our behalf and took our sins upon himself. And also, we say, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And we pray for those who are listening who are carrying sorrows that they've carried for years, maybe for decades, who are carrying griefs that uh, have turned into resentment or bitterness, that they cannot uh, get beyond it. We pray that by your cross, they would see you and see what you did for them and that you bore that for them and you could lift that from them and bring them into a new place of freedom. Jesus, you said that the truth shall set you free. And we ask that you would do that this very day in the lives of our friends who are trusting you to do it for the sorrows that have afflicted them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Amen. And next week, we're going to continue this topic, and we're going to talk about how the cross brings healing from sickness. So we've talked about healing from the sin condition, 
emotional healing, and now next week we're going to talk about physical healing as well. So stay tuned. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.